Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Tio. Hello, I am Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. Kyle. Hello, I'm Kyle, and I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. Last time, the three of you reunited at the studio and welcomed a confused but grateful Kristen back into the Daylight Society. You set to work examining the strange Imagine Labs headset that you recovered from her loft, but your initial analysis, both mechanical and magical, yielded little intel. It wasn't until Alvin put the device on that you discovered that it seemed to somehow be showing a first-person perspective of the mysterious entity stalking Firmament. After the initial screening showed a crashed car in the back roads of Olympic Heights, the three of you set out to investigate. You arrived on scene too late to intercept the entity, but you did discover that the misfortunate individuals involved in the crash somehow already had Constance's address scrawled on their arms. A quick call to Stoney revealed that the car had been stolen a few days ago, and the chief agreed to come see to the incident personally. Alvin, through the headset, you watched the entity claim another victim somewhere downtown? Maybe more than one? It's hard to recall now, even though you saw it with your own eyes. The three of you tried to go there to intercede, but Along the way, you forgot where you were going. In the end, you found your way back to the only place you could think to go. The studio. Memory monsters. I have a question. Do I remember... Do any of us remember Mr. Blue? Hmm? Because Mr. Blue is not human. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, we forgot everybody. That means that it's not just to humans. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. It is extremely late when you arrive back at the studio, probably one or two in the morning. Everyone is still awake, but just barely, and quite confused when you arrive back. And I think the consensus is that it's best to take the night and recuperate. Everyone heal one harm. Ah, oh, thank God. As you rest <laughs> and regroup in the morning. Present at the studio are Leon, Cecilia, Sarah, Eve, Jenny, Bree, Kristen, and Agent Pax. All right. We're down to eight, because, and there have always been eight. Hold on. My hand has a 12 written on it. Yeah, sure does. Right, because you wrote the total number. Mm-hmm. I also wrote all about Mr. Blue and Georgiana on my hand. You see a lot of smudge marks <laughs> yeah. on your arm. <sighs> it's that vagary. You, you've done good with the vagary, though. The 12, I think, is a big clue. Okay, first, I'm going to try to heal myself. Roll it. All right, come on, dice. And tell us how this whole fucking session is going to go. It's an 11. On a 10 plus, the magic works as you intended. Heal one harm. No glitch? Are you sure? No glitch. (laughs) No glitch, no glitch. I got too weird, and I rolled a nine, so (laughs) I am down to three. Wow, you managed to heal yourself with did nothing. Nothing's on fire. Nothing's happening. <laughs> wow, you're really getting the hang of this. How would you feel about using that like reversing time thing so that we can see what oh, the frick I wrote arm? on my arm? Sure, because uh, pretty sure it was important. <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's give that a whirl. Quinn, my reverso magic spell thing that I've used a couple times. Go ahead and give me a roll to use magic. You are ex- 
extremely lucky. I rolled a seven. (laughs) (laughs) On a seven to nine, there is a glitch. You almost so, had a baby arm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the one that I choose when I've been doing these reverse spells and they've been working imperfectly, which is short duration. I think for a moment nothing happens, just a few seconds, and then slowly, almost like a like a wellspring bubbling up, we see black ink reappearing constants all over your arm and sort of aggregating from the different smudges, and you see words written on your arm. They tell a story about a woman who is your aunt, apparently, and she has a spear and an alien, bizarre, that is her friend, even more bizarre, and it appears right above a section that says you're supposed to trust the wolf man and the woman in the suit, which you assume are Alvin and and JR. So you see this this message about uh, an aunt and an alien. Hmm. Constance, are okay. you an well, alien? Half of that is factually true. <gasps> I'm not true. an ant. So <laughs> you're not an ant. No. If, if your aunt is an alien, so you would be an alien, right? No, aunt is friends with aliens. No, no, no. Oh. Friends, friends. Now, if I was describing you all in what I can only imagine are slightly insulting generalized terms like woman in the suit and wolf man. I'm okay with it. Okay. Me too. <laughs> I'm glad. Clearly, I wrote this because I was worried I wouldn't even remember you two, which means we're missing at least two people, one of which apparently is my aunt, and one of which is like a green freaking alien running around or something. So, yeah, that's for like a Invader problem. Zim and a taller you, an older you? I don't. I. My mom does not have an aunt. Like, my mom does not have a sister. I don't know. I guess she does. Or did. I'm going... Or did. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, You've we're missing two your arm people. Too. Shit, that's and right. eight in here other than us, us three. So that would bring it us up to ten. So we got Meaning two there's more, two. so there's four. I'm, I'm very good at math. Wait, hold on. We're missing four people. Shit. Okay, so your aunt, her alien friend... Friend? Yeah. Friend? Friend friend i mean friend? i don't know oh oh the okay. text has disappeared by the way oh, okay <laughs> right. we have uh, written it down someone in the day well, there's eight people in this room <laughs> someone be the notary leon. Leon. leon leon knows shorthand he took it down leon's taking it down i think most of the other members of the daylight society are gathered quietly uh except Kristen, who's coming around with a pot of coffee for all of your your weak and weary eyes Okay, so here's my idea, is that Leon has four post-its now on the murder board, and one is like a stick figure that sort of looks like Constance. One is like <laughs> that head of an alien, you know, the big one with the big black eyes, and then the mm-hmm. other two are just question marks, because yep. Leon would like to contribute artistically to the murder board. <laughs> Constance yeah, really Meanwhile, Bree is doing like really thorough sketches. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think we have two options. One is to see if we can figure out and find the two missing people. I'm not totally sure how we do that. And the other one is we're breaking into Imagine Labs. I'm done dicking around. I think Alvin's checking the headset again. There's too much going on that we don't remember. We've forgotten too much. And we've got this tool now. We can at least see where this thing is, where it's going. So we've got an idea. We've got this has to end today. 
we can't forget each other anymore. Yeah. Alvin, as you go to pick up the headset, you hear that strange series of tones come again. Red alert. I, I immediately put it on. Alvin, you put on the headset and through it, you see a sweeping stately room with high vaulted ceilings. The stone brick walls are lined with bookshelves and punctuated by rows of towering windows that soak up the light from the sunrise outside. The room itself is filled with long oak desks adorned with brass reading lamps, all filled with students quietly working and studying. Oh, no. You recognize this space immediately Mm-mm. as the Chamberlain Library reading room at Firmament College. Fuck. As you settle into position at the center of the room, the dissonant symphony comes again, louder this time, so forceful that the reverberations send whole shelves of books tumbling to the ground. Oh, shit. The students begin to leap from their seats in a panic, but almost immediately they collapse en masse into unconsciousness. Ooh. For several oh, seconds, shit. the room is unbearably still and silent. And then you hear a discontented rustling as one by one, the books begin to lift up off the ground, forming a perfect circle around you. They begin to spin, slowly at first, but soon you find yourself at the center of a swirling vortex, pages thrashing and chittering like locusts. As the tempest reaches a fever pitch, you see thin black tendrils begin to extrude outward from the paper. They whip and writhe through the maelstrom, reaching towards you, until finally they connect with the perspective that you're occupying, and everything grinds to a halt. The books fall to the floor in a series of loud thunks, and you realize that all of the pages are blank. All of the ink stripped away, forming thin black tendrils that now surround you. For a moment, everything is quiet. Then, in unison, those tendrils jab forward like spears, puncturing the space directly in front of you. A seam of bright light opens up into a jagged tear, similar in many ways, if more distorted, than the windows you've seen previously. And then the device abruptly turns off. Ah! Ah, I'm blind! Okay, okay, no, no, just, no. you take it, take it, take off. it off. You just take, you just take it, take Alvin. We've been oh, through this. Oh, God, okay. Well, I've been relaying all of this out loud. We still remember what I was saying, right? You do. There's a big tear portal at, at the library oh, on geez. campus. That seems like a pretty good clue. We may need to investigate that. Yeah. There's also a bunch of people. They may be students. I don't remember them. <laughs> There's a lot of strangers that are probably in trouble. I think you remember seeing the the bodies fall, but... Yeah. I mean, you didn't know these people know to begin anyways. with. They were already strangers. Yeah, so they were yeah, they were already strangers, but So we got we got two possibilities. We've got this thing that just opened up right now. We if we get there fast, we might still be able to get something useful out of it. Uh alternatively, yes, we have never been in Imagine Labs and that seems to be some sort of focal point, some key to what's going on here. I mean, there's enough of us we could split and cover both grounds. I feel like time is not on our side here. No, it's not. I think we should go to the library post-haste. If we're looking at a map, how close is Imagine Labs to the library? Please say they're Uh, right next to each other. Are they right next to each other? They're right next to each other. Perfect. No. Damn it. They're pretty much in opposite directions. Fuck! There's an office on campus, but it is not the actual lab. The lab was in the CNL. Oh, it is in CNL? Oh, shit. Yeah. So I, I realize I've made this somewhat confusing. 
Imagine Labs is basically a partnership between Firmament College and CNL. So they have a location at both spots. They have their like professional lab in CNL and they have their like student outreach mentorship program on yes. campus. Okay. That is, yes, exactly. So that's going to make it a little bit more difficult for me to get into CNL. My plan was to talk my way in. And then if I couldn't talk my way in, I was just going to like force my way in, probably with a weapon, um, because I'm done. I'm just, I'm so done with this. But I can't talk my way in. So put the clipboard away. Just put it away for now. I'm just, I'm mad now. I'm, I'm mad. As the two of you are having this conversation, even Leon look at one another and then look at the two of you. And Leon says, portals to other worlds... That's your deal. We can try to get into Imagine Labs. Yeah. Eve still has some pull from that nice piece she did many years ago before I ruined everything. Uh, she might be able to get in. Yeah, send the we real journalist. We can try. Send the real Look, journalist. Leon, Leon, you, tr- you tried your best, and this was when our relationship was still in its early stages, and I was really not hip to the idea of a, of a sidekick. Um, but I will tell both of you... I don't know what you're going to find when you get in there, but there's some weird shit going on in the basement of the lab. Well, I guess we know where to look. Delve deep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I do have one more question. Maybe this isn't quite as complicated as like a fake identity, but JR, is there a way to inception ourselves where we plant a false statement in our heads or something for this thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Here's know how your magic works. Here is what I can do. I can I can trap a vampire in your living room, but only if I like work on it for a while. I can make things go back in time. I can sometimes set things on fire. I can heal myself occasionally. I stopped a Ferris wheel. That was pretty cool. But no, I cannot plant inside your mind the idea of you, but like not you. And like, mm. where would I put? Here's what would happen I'd roll badly, and then I'd end up with like two small constances. Just like, <laughs> and split you in half. It'd be two children. Oh my constances. God. Two now, baby constances instead amazing. of. Oh. Yes. That is <laughs> yeah, what you should happen. try this, Hannah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, no, here's what we should do, though. We should get the symbols that provided Constance protection. Yes. And JR, oh. on our way to the library, I want you to study these in the car. Okay. Somebody else is driving. But yes, we could do yes. that. Perfect. And then Constance can't help herself. As they're walking out the door, she does turn to JR and go, you forgot one thing on your list of your many accomplishments. Shooting two of your partners. <laughs> and then I turn back and get ready to get in the car. The spell gun. <laughs> I like, uh, I like, be reach able to have have a good I reach time. into my pocket and I'm like, grip the key and I'm like, no, no, no. Do not use your magic <laughs> of anger against your friends, <laughs> only against giant mushrooms. <laughs> Look, we all got to have a good laugh in the heart of darkness. All right. I guess we're on our way to the library. Somebody is driving other than me because I'm using this valuable time to look at symbols and learn from them. I am. I'll drive. The three of you drive away from the studio. 
think in the rearview mirror, you see the remaining members of the Daylight Society gearing up for their excursion to the Colorado National Laboratory. Yeah! Woo! It is mid-morning when you arrive on campus. Firmament College is in the early throes of a weekday activity. Students are moving between buildings, but there is a remarkable quiet in the vicinity of the Chamberlain Library. As a library should be. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We finally. (laughs) Finally. Dang kids. Uh, Chamberlain Ravenna Chamberlain. The library is named for the Chamberlain family. Uh, Not Ravenna specifically, but her family who have lived in Firmament for some time and who donated a fair sum to Firmament College. It's after the same family, some old guy, some (laughs) old Chamberlain. Don't remember their name. Yeah. Have I learned anything while we were driving, Quinn? I mean, I think you understand the basics of the sigils and runes necessary for the the larger protection spell. Okay. I think we move with haste. Yep. Yes. As the three of you enter into the library, you see that the attendant at the front desk is slumped over. Uh, check on him. He appears to be unconscious, uh, still breathing, still still alive, but just not conscious. Okay. Well, that's, I guess, a silver lining. I write my address on his hand. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) If anyone would like to roll to read a bad situation, I think that's probably appropriate here. Yes. Eh, that's a nine. That's not... Oh, no, it's a nine. I mean, that's bad for Constance. That is bad for Constance. For Constance, Constance. that's pretty bad. (laughs) That's getting a B on a test. (laughs) On a seven to nine, hold one. I mean, I could say what's most vulnerable to me, but I'm going to go ahead and ask, what's the best way to protect the victims? Because mm-hmm. I don't know what the best thing is to do for these folks that right. are all passed yeah, no. out. That is a good question here. If they have fallen victim to this entity, probably call someone onto the scene so that they can provide counseling when they, they wake up and realize they have no memory of who they are or what happened to them. Okay. Yeah. That's about that's all you can do point. at this point. Should I mm. call Stony Baloney? Maybe sending a text and saying there are a lot of people that mm-hmm. need help here at the library. Someone contacting Stoney, I think, is a good idea because he could get some aid for the people without yeah. having a whole investigation. Inve- yeah. I just fire off a text. Uh, 25 plus people at Chamberlainville. <laughs> the fuck Chamberlain. The Chamberlain Library. Chamberlain Library. It's typing it out. 25 plus people, Chamberlain Library, they've been hit by the memory monster. Send first aid and therapist, question mark, question mark, stat. And I hit send. Uh, a few minutes later, you get a text back that says on our way. All right. Okay. Hooray. The three of you head up the stairwell. As you continue further into the library, you see collapsed bodies of students and a handful of faculty members until eventually you reach the reading room. And Alvin, a familiar scene is laid out before you. Mm. Piles of books all over the floor, desks overturned, and dozens of students just collapsed on the ground unconscious. And at the center of it all, a jagged rift in space. Edges brightly illuminated, and inside, a window to somewhere else. Yes! What do you do? I mean, I'm glad it's still here. Yes. Um, I look at Alvid, because he's the meaty boy, with the portal knowledge. Knowledge? 
I mean, I could try Instinct. to. I could try to punch it. I could try to punch the portal. I think you should I punch the think, portal. Ooh, oh, I'll close it. No, I think. Uh, I think it's a little cautious. So there's like a ring of books around it, or is it kind of piled up underneath it like a mound? Both, almost. There's like a okay. ring where all of these books were swirling around, and then they all fell to the ground, and so they're piled up in a circle like a moat. Okay. I think Alvin will cautiously approach it and try to like get sight angles into this rift to see if it... Is it like a, a sprite in a 3D game where it is the same face facing you no matter where you oh, turn around it? Yeah, can we go behind the tear? It seems to exist across multiple dimensions. I see. More than three. I don't know if it looks the same from every angle, but it is open from every angle. <laughs> Maybe the answer is it, it looks different from the same angle. Yes, Uh-oh. perhaps. Uh, Alvin, I'm going to give you an oops, I think. Perfect timing. Hey. I find my favorite book. <laughs> yeah, you find your favorite book. It's I've been Lovecraft. looking for this everywhere. Is it a Tom Clancy? <laughs> Is it the Hunt for Red October? Please let it be the Hunt for Red October. <laughs> Alvin, as you approach and circle around, I think you can see that this circle of books looks slightly disturbed in one section. I see. Almost as though someone climbed over it. Are there tracks? There are no tracks, but give me a roll to investigate a mystery. With my nose. Investigating. I get a plus one for my snoot, right? Yes. Well, it's a five then. Woof. Woof indeed. Alvin, I think the failure here is you're trying to scent around and you really don't get anything. And as you're hyper-focused on your sense of smell, your other senses, you just get a little distracted and you you wind up walking through this, this pathway and it the disturbed section of books are redisturbed in a new pattern as you walk over it. Fuck. Something weird happened over here. That's as much as I know. I'm sorry. I'm bad at this. Well, we figured out something weird happened. I punched the books. Okay. Frustration. Did the books do anything wrong? They didn't do anything wrong. Don't punish I mean, literature. We don't, we don't know that. What kind of book? Yeah, I don't know what kind of books these were. You can't tell anymore. Exactly. Because the ink has been completely stripped from every page. Mm-hmm. Oof. Is it making noise? <laughs> the rift? Yeah. yeah. I don't think so. I think it is absolutely silent. Uh, Alvin, put the headset on again. See if there's anything. Sure. The headset is off. Nothing. Okay. Can I throw a book at the rift? Ooh. Oh, good. Yeah, throw something through it. Because here's the thing. Yeah. I think we might have to go through it. I'm yeah, I'm I'm prepared yeah. to touch it. I want I kinda want to touch it, but I'm gonna throw a book first. Okay. Uh you throw a book and it disappears into it. Hmm. Ooh. Wonder where that went. I pick up a book and throw it in. It also disappears. Okay. Do we still have a um I, I toss one in quickly just to not be left out. <laughs> the third we- book disappears into the rift. <laughs> do we do it we comes have- out and hits Alvin? <laughs> Do we still have any of that string from JR's tether situation? I think you have to. I think I have to give you the string, given how much JR has has played into it. Yeah, I think you have a bunch it's, of string. It's the forget-me-not. Yeah, I think it's the perfect time for a forget-me-not. Uh, I think so, too. What can we tie it to? We're tying Constance. Or Constance or, who's going through the portal? Me. Alvin! I think there's I think there's there's more than just curiosity at play here for Alvin. Okay, so what do we have there that's like is there like a a, a weight-bearing column of some kind or perhaps a very heavy desk? 
There are quite a number of very heavy oak desks. Okay. All right. There's there aren't no, any like, columns or really anything else. No, there's no pillars in this room, but there are quite a number of very heavy oak desks. Okay. okay. We're tying it around. We're not just tying it around a leg because I don't want somebody to lift up the table no, no, and no. it to slip. No, we're tying it around the table part of the table, the top part and of the And then shelf. each leg. Yes. You very uh, extensively secure the forget-me-not to yes. one of the oak tables. Y'all yes. hang on too, right? Yeah. Okay. You're not... No, we're The way you're describing it was like you're planning on tying it and then leaving notes for other people. <laughs> oh, no. We're, we're <laughs> we hanging out. Away. In fact, I think, okay. I think while okay, Alvin is, is venturing in there, Constance, you and I could work on some protection magic. I've got some ideas. We can be holding on to the string in between Alvin and the table and working on the protection spells. Yeah. So we're a line of defense in case... Something heavier than the oak table is on the other side. I think that's All right. a great idea. I hand the other end of the macrame to Alvin. Yeah, I tie a very, very good knot. Constance also gives Alvin a very big hug and a scratch between the ears. Oh. Yeah, Alvin, I think, is through proximity to a portal to another plane that, while I don't think it's otherwhere specifically... It is still in that same realm of of guardian instinct. So I think he's like wolf faced at least. Yeah. All right. Good luck, Alvin. We'll be out here on the other side. Awoo. And Alvin disappears into the rift. Hey, folks. Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 47 of Monster Hour, where the real monster is finally getting down to brass tacks on your final assignment of the semester, only to be attacked by an otherworldly entity and forget everything you've ever learned. Talk about a buzzkill. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been helping us spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. We recently passed 40 ratings on iTunes, and by the time this episode comes out, I'm pretty sure we will officially have hit our first 3,000 download month. Our little pod continues to grow and blossom, and it is all thanks to all of your kind words and support, so thank you. I also want to give a special shout out to our newest Patreon supporters, Beth, Shane, and Arthur. Thanks to all 20 of our beautiful and generous patrons, we are dangerously close to hitting our $150 a month goal, which means we would be producing a new Patreon-exclusive mini-campaign with a whole new setting and story. In the meantime, part two of our game of Kingdom, set in the realm of Otherware, is going to be coming out here in the next week. So if all of that sounds pretty rad, now is the perfect time to join Beth, Shane, and Arthur in supporting us on Patreon. Our spooky spotlight this week is a game called Quest, a cozy actual play podcast filled with fun, friendship, and fantastical adventures. So roll to see if you can find a good podcast. That's a 20! A Game Called Quest is an actual play audio drama podcast of the tabletop RPG Quest. Our story follows four nerds as they are sucked magically into their tabletop game. Join Zuri. Wow, yeah, so water, huh? As she becomes Elise. Well, there's no going back now. Ray. Go Mountain Goats. As he becomes Yasolga. Please try to remember that experience. Zach. He tries to, like, say hi, but then, like, the water comes out of his mouth a little bit. As he becomes Thorn. 
you would chain this beautiful bird and Garrett. I do not have to talk to anyone as they become Dr. Turtle. What's up, man? If you like heartfelt but funny stories about identity, self-worth, and friendship, this is definitely the podcast for you. You can listen to A Game Called Quest on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Follow us on social media at Game Called Quest or visit linktree slash A Game Called Quest. We hope you'll join us for our next adventure. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We will return with episode 48 of Monster Hour on April 13th. See you then. Alvin, as you step through this rift, you find yourself in a vast, empty expanse. Save for, in every direction, above and below, as far as the eye can see, are thousands and thousands of little orbs of light. They hang suspended in this vast emptiness, some drifting like wisps in the wind, others oscillating ever so slightly in luminosity and intensity. The ones close to you are about the size of a softball, while those further away are little more than pinpricks of light, twinkling like stars in the ether. Despite their incandescent nature, they have a particulated quality around the edge like miniature versions of the gas giants Jupiter or Saturn. What do you do? Am I floating? Or am I standing on a surface? Okay, so I'm floating. You are floating in this vast emptiness. I can breathe? You can. Okay, check. (laughs) I think Alvin looks around for a while, kind of just holding the headset. And then he tries to make like, little frog swimming motions to try to see if that gets him any closer to one of the orbs. Alvin, you make these sort of swimming motions. And I think for several moments, we just get this this picture of you like mm-hmm. swimming, but not moving anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then you think really hard about moving forward. And suddenly you just sail off in the direction that you're focused on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, think, stop, think, stop. And you come to a stop. Oh. I'd like to take a quick peek in the headset. It is still dark. Still dark. Okay. I, th- I think Alvin strikes kind of a like Iron Man-y kind of pose, a superhero pose, and flies towards the nearest orb. Yeah, it doesn't take you terribly long, and you reach it. Uh, this one, by the time you get to it, it's difficult to perceive how big things are in this space because you have basically no context clues. Right. They're all just light. Yeah, so everything looks small, far away, and then as you approach, it sort of gets bigger. This one is about the size of a golf ball. A little one. As I move around, they do seem like they're different sizes. They do, yeah. They do seem to range in size. Interesting, okay. Again, very difficult to tell from a distance how big one would be, but they Mm -hmm. they do vary. As I get close to this golf ball, I inspect it closely. Can I see anything in it? You said it kind of looks like a gas giant, so it's just kind of swirling textures of light, or? yeah. It looks like particulated light, okay. like light shone through mist or fog. Hmm. Alvin is going to reach out and try to just pluck this golf ball from where it's suspended. Alvin, you rest your hand on this golf ball, and as you do, you are instantly teleported to another time and place. Ooh. It is dark where you are and cold, and you can't make out much except for the silhouettes of trees and above you, the night sky, 
and it is illuminated by these brushstrokes, these brilliant brushstrokes in green and blue and turquoise, and you recognize it as the Northern Lights. Mm -hmm. You're looking up at it, and you see as they're moving, as they're waving back and forth, you see one of them start to bend towards you. It reaches down from the sky and touches down just a few feet from you, and you see this rainbow bridge seemingly leading up to the heavens. You take a few steps forward, and suddenly you are sailing upwards, and then everything goes black, and you reappear in this space. Whoa. I reach around behind me, and I just check for the forget-me-not. It's still there. It's taut. Right, because I've been <laughs> flying off. Ooh. So that happened as soon as I my hand made con. Did I feel any surface on this light thing, or it was just as soon as my no. finger kind of went in it, it just... Yes. That's that's a fun show. Wow. Can I see the rift still or is the forget me not just kind of disappear into empty space? I think you can still see it. I think I look around the space and I call, hello? 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 Your words are just swallowed up by the vast emptiness. Anansi, are you there? Oh, it's worth a try. This golf ball is the closest one to the rift. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think you could have picked, you know, maybe from a dozen. Right. So I think I'm going to briefly fly back to the rift. and I, I poke my head through it. JR and Constance, about 15 minutes later, Alvin's head reappears. Huh. You find anything interesting? Yeah, it's like a whole universe of memories out here. So I could kind of maneuver around. I can see the the rift. I can keep track of kind of where that is. So there's not enough length on the forget-me-now. Can I get a bag? Uh, Yeah, I like pull a bag from behind the counter. Like a, yeah, like a plastic tote, bag yeah. or something? Or tote bag? Tote a bag tote. works great. Yeah. A library tote? Yeah. Uh, I need to check out some of these memories. I, I think some of these may be the stories that we've lost. Hey, if you see one about my aunt. <laughs> I won't exactly know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you will. But she look... looks like Constance. <laughs> That's true. I'll look for a Constance. If I see you in one of these, I'll see what I can do, I guess. But I'm going to have to undo the forget-me-now and fly around for a little bit. Um, okay. I mean, I don't like it, but it feels like we don't really have much of a choice. See what you guys can do on this end to keep this rift open and here and stable, if you don't mind. We don't mind. Do we know what we're doing? Not really. No. You're the smart ones. Okay, bye. Oh, Oh, no. Okay, there he goes. Constance and JR, what are you doing on this side of the rift? Rifts, portals, keeping things open. This seems like something my family's probably dealt with. So Constance wants to try to tap into some, some of that boonie energy and see if there's any advice there on how we do this. Give me a roll past lives. Oh, well, that is a seven. On a seven to nine, a past life has a little experience with this. Ask the keeper one of the questions below. What did a past life discover about blank? How did a past life deal with blank? What important hidden secret can a past life show me the way to? What did a past life learn too late to help them? What does a past life advise me to do now? So I think I'll probably go with what do they advise us to do to keep the portal stable for Alvin? Constance, your eyes roll back into your head. Yeah. And before you slip into the vision, you get just a fleeting image in your mind. You see an imposing wall of shimmering silver. 
and at the front of it is the almost imperceptible silhouette of your boonie. And then that, in a flash, disappears, and it is replaced by a scene. As your boonie, you are in your living room. Your boonello is there. The two of you are poring over a table, books upon books stacked and opened with notes scribbled in the margins and on spare sheafs of paper. And you're going over a spell, a dangerous spell, one you've never tried before, one that all of your tomes and books suggest might not even work. A spell to open a door to another world, a spell that he's convinced will take you to your daughter, to Georgiana. Mm-hmm. The problem is this spell requires an immense source of arcane power. But he thinks he knows where he can find one. Mm. He's been scouting, and deep in the recesses of the ice caves, there's an object that radiates energy. Even someone like him, even someone who can't feel magic at all, can feel it. And if you try that spell there, he's sure you can open a rift. He's sure you can find Georgiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, buddy. And the vision fades away, and you wake up. Hmm. I relay this vision to JR. Woof. Oh, no. What did he do? Okay. Well, I mean, I get it. We all brought hell and fire down on ourselves, bringing Georgiana back and breaking our pact with Gumby Man. So, you know, we all make personal choices sometimes. JR, what are you doing? Okay, I was going to try and do a circle of protection, at least around where we're sitting. I don't know if it's possible to do one around the rift, but I'd sure like to try. Sure, I think you can do that. Give me a roll to use magic. All right. Uh, do I get any any bonuses for like looking at the book on the drive over? I think the benefit here, JR, is uh, being able to encompass a larger area okay. effectively. All right. Let's see what we can do. Holy shit. That's a 12. And Yay! I have advanced. Okay. <laughs> oh. you, All right. Oh, you ate breakfast shit. today, huh? <laughs> you're really did. getting them. Ate your Wheaties. <laughs> JR, you're able to uh, effortlessly replicate Constance's protection spell, encompassing not just where the two of you are, but the rift as well. And I will offer you an added benefit uh, for your advanced use magic. <laughs> yeah. Added benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the first time mm-hmm. this has happened? That's my first roll we'll with an advanced, like, Yay. yeah. This Welcome is to very the 12 exciting, <laughs> guys. I'm very excited. Even though I haven't had my advanced moment yet, I'm very excited for yours. This is very good. Thank you. JR, you're laying out this protection spell. You're laying out the sigils on the ground. Mm -hmm. I do think you need to employ the key just because that's how you channel your magics. Yep. As you're doing that, I think you feel almost a communion with this key. And you see the lines of the rift start to straighten. It looked like this jagged scar before, like something was just sort of carved out of space. Yeah. It looks... As you're doing this, as you're reinforcing it with this magic, it looks now like a window. It looks like the windows you've seen previously. 
And you know this thing isn't going anywhere as long as your protection spell is up. Awesome. Okay. I stick my head in the rift, the window. Can I see Alvin? I'm assuming I see him. He's on the other side. Yeah, you see this same vast emptiness, this colorless void filled with all of these orbs of light. All right. As Alvin's sailing away, I yell after him. Don't take forever, but I think we got a little bit of extra protection on our side. You're good to go. And I give him two thumbs up. I look back and be like, Awoo! All right, feeling good about this protection spell. Feels real good. Feels natural. Alvin. Yeah. What are you doing in Rift World? I'm doing a highly sophisticated maneuver, which is called <laughs> checking these lights and see if I can scoop them in a tote bag. You fly to the nearest orb and uh, throw the tote bag over it, and it just passes right through it. Son of a. I think that I'm just, I want to just investigate some of these closer orbs and start just like touching, getting the little glimpse in there, bounce, bouncing back out and seeing if, I don't expect anything is going to be familiar, but I am looking to see if I see someone that looks like Constance or a big green alien. Alvin, you investigate a few of the closest orbs. I think a lot of them just don't really make sense. Uh-huh. Like they're, they're just not sort of touchstones that you have any context for. It's like people interacting in like a building in a language you don't speak or, you know, just strange scenes that don't make a lot of sense. Uh, I think a couple uh, you do have maybe some context for. I think you see a bustling marketplace, like people are moving around and, and trading wares and it's it's a lively sort of energetic scene. And it takes you a few moments to realize that everything is underwater. All of these people are just moving freely underwater, like as though it was nothing. Hmm. I think there's a scene, it looks like the lead up to a a battle, like a siege. There's this walled city and there are all of these troops arrayed outside of it. They're clad in bronze breastplates and and bronze shields. And they have these sort of pinioned plumage, bright red plumes uh, on their helmets. And you're lined up in this battle and you see through the ranks coming up this this giant horse made of wood. Uh And as it approaches the gates, it rears back. This 30 foot tall (laughs) horse rears back and leaps over the walls of this city. And then the scene fades away. And you, you catch these glimpses of memories that uh, have some some context that you might share, but a lot of them are just like nothing. Fantastic events and stories or just mundane nonsense. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a real smattering. As you're okay. doing this, uh, go ahead and give me a roll to investigate a mystery. Hooray. Well, it's a six, so that's fun. I think the hard move here is, is pretty clear. Your tether snaps. Oh. And you look around and you realize you have no earthly idea where the rift is. <laughs> oh, God. Oops. Okay. What if I think about the library? You don't move an inch. I think about rift. It doesn't seem I like- think about friends. However, movement in this world is coded, mm-hmm. that code doesn't work. It can't take me to a place that I'm thinking of. It can only take me in a direction that I'm thinking of. Something or like that. that place shouldn't exist. Ah, uh, ha, ha. I will offer you an oops, though. I love those. As you're looking around frantically, I think you see almost imperceptible. Like, you don't know even how long it's been there because you almost can't see it in the backdrop of this empty void. 
there is a gossamer silver thread just a few inches from your face. Just a short piece of thread, or is it like the end of something? Oh, it seems long? to extend outward in both directions. Oh, so it's the middle of it, somewhere in the... Okay. Is it taut, or is it kind of like loose and fluctuating? It is loose-ish, but it's clearly like hanging between things. I don't think it necessarily conforms to your perception of gravity. Like, it's not hanging down in what you would sure. necessarily perceive as down. Sure. What is down in this place? Yes. Oh, yeah, I give I I try to grab it and give it a tug. As you tug on it, you sail forward one direction. And you're just uh, flying through the space. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and eventually you come to a stop. You have no idea where you are. No earthly idea. I didn't before either, so that's new or not new. But there is something quite notable in this space. There is a man. Oh. He is probably in his early 30s, though it's a little bit difficult to tell because he has boyish features. He's wearing black khakis and a blazer over a slightly wrinkled button-down. And strapped to his head is a sleek white headset, almost identical to the one that you found in Kristen's loft, except it is connected to a tight-fitting cap by a bundle of wires. Huh. Does he seem to notice me? As you materialize in this space... He turns from what he's looking at, which appears to be an orb, but it doesn't quite look like all the rest. You can't tell exactly from a distance, but something is off about the consistency of it almost. And this man turns and looks to you and says, I was uh, wondering if the three of you, or one of you, might show up. Well, it's, I guess, nice to meet you, Anansi. Hmm. Not quite right. Dark good guess though i was wondering if he would be here too i've been looking for him i'm sure you're expecting a big speech i hate to disappoint but i have a schedule to keep and besides you're not going to remember this anyway oh no <laughs> and the space behind him begins to bend and wobble like heat waves on the horizon and a towering entity comes into focus Oscillating in and out like it's caught between realities is what can only be described as a colossal Lovecraftian jellyfish. Its translucent, wide-brimmed bill is filled with hundreds of those little orbs, flickering faintly like faraway stars. The gelatinous surface is seething like a rough sea, evanescing and condensing into the void around it. An incalculable number of shimmering tentacles, nearly invisible, flow beneath its cap, while dozens of kelp-like streamers at the center ripple in patterns that defy geometry and physics. And as it looks at you, Alvin, its whole form quivers, and the world around you is inundated with an unfathomable din that desynchronizes every atom of your consciousness. <laughs> 